everybody. Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman, whoever you are, wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of March 4th, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman, and the host site is march4th.podbean.com. All the links will be in the podcast description for this episode. I really appreciate everybody tuning in, man. Um, a bit of a weird mood today. Um, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, j- yeah, just, it's just weird, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Cause, um, on one end, um, there's some sadness because my, my grandma Bauman passed away. Uh, I found out this morning, uh, she passed away last night. So as of recording the intro and close to this episode, it was October 23rd that she passed away. And I found out this morning and, um, there's some sadness, but there's also some relief as well. And I say that because she, she really hasn't had her mind for a few years now. Um, the last time that I saw her was before the COVID apocalypse. Um, it was actually Christmas time of 2019, I believe when I saw her at the, uh, the first place that she was in the, the, uh, the home that she was in before she got moved. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that I have that memory um, with my mom. We actually went to go visit. Um, it, she's actually my dad's, my dad's mother, but um, my mom and my dad are still cool, and my mom still puts in pick line insertion trays and stuff. Uh, she, you know, her, her, her calling really is, is caring for other people, and she became a nurse, you know, quick aside, you know, truly because she, she cares about helping people, and even in her 60s now, um, she's she still has that desire to to um, to help people after all these years. Anyway, I digress. So they're they're still cool, and um, so we we went and saw her, and uh, it was tough, man, because you know you're seeing somebody who their physical body for her age, you know, I mean she has a walker, she had a walker and stuff, but her physical body for her age, despite her neck and her back issues, you know, compared to a lot of people once they get into their 80s and their mid 80s. Um, you know, she, her, it was okay, you know, but her mind was just, she was just gone. You know, she kind of recognized my mom. I think she kind of recognized me, but, uh, she didn't, she didn't really know who we were. And they had like a community day that day where, um, we didn't know, you know, but where, where they have all the guests or all the guests, they have all the residents of, of the nursing home. They meet at like the, the common area and the caregivers, you know, they put on like music for them and they have almost like a cocktail party type of thing and they interact with each other. And, um, I, it was just sad because it's like, and I saw this with my grandpa on my, my mom's side, who I was really close with, who passed away, uh, 10 years ago, September. It's crazy how time flies, but, um, I was really tight with him and, uh, you know, it it, kind of similarly, you know, he was a shell of himself the last few years, which, you know, when you get to your 80s and 90s, you're not going to be in tip top shape. You know what I mean? Uh, That's part of life. You know, as you get older, you deteriorate, no matter how much you try to take care of your mind and your body. um, There's, there's a lot of things you can't control. You know, there's a lot of things that happen. You know, there's people who, you know, go downhill really quick. There's people who took really good care of themselves. And then, you know, maybe, you know, 
bad things, you know, like cancer, things like that, unforeseen circumstances, right? So, you know, if, I think if you make it to 80, you got to count your lucky stars. And if you make it to 80 and you got your mind uh, as somebody who's had two grandparents now who suffered from, you know, dementia, being aphasic, and, uh, and I would say like uh, probably early onset or early stages rather of, of probably Alzheimer's, um, it, it's hard to see people get older and become a shell of themselves. So when we went to see my grandma Bauman two years ago, um, when I went home for the holidays back to Ohio and Southeast Michigan, it was, it was tough, man. Cause I could see like my grandpa, I could see moments with her where she, she, she was in her right mind enough, at least at that point that she was aware that she wasn't all there, you know? And it was like embarrassing for her. And that I felt really, really bad for her because of that. You know, uh, I remember her trying to give me her drink that they had for her. And I was like, no, grandma, that's yours. And, uh, and it made me really sad because I think in a lot of ways it made her more introverted. You know, she wasn't somebody that was, um, you know, I, growing up, I, I don't ever remember my grandma bomb and she was never super talkative. You know what I mean? She wasn't somebody who didn't say anything, but she just, she wasn't a super talkative woman. And I think when you're already kind of on maybe sort of that introverted side in, in a social setting, uh, I, I just think something like dementia was even more damaging for her to have those mental issues because it just made her retreat more, I think. And, and so I, like I said, I was conscious of the last time I saw her, her, her being aware of not remembering things, you know, my mom would, we, we would just try to be like, Oh no, it's okay. It's all right. You know, I love you grandma. And, um, so she had a stroke recently and I think that's kind of what, uh, uh, what kind of did her in and, you know, and it's, it's weird, you know, so like I said, in some ways I'm relieved because, um, you know, she's not suffering anymore and, um, she's, she's at peace now. Uh, some people believe that there's a great beyond, um, and an afterlife. I, I do. Um, and that's a different story for a different day in terms of what made me kind of feel like I, like I really believe that, you know, it's not out of fear of like, oh, we die and there's nothing. It's, I, I felt something when I had a uh, major surgery, you know, uh, about 15 years ago now, over 15 years ago now. And I felt like a, a peace wash over me when I, when I, you know, prayed to God. And I, I don't know, some people might be able to de- describe that as some sort of physiological reaction or the, the drugs and medication I had in me for pain, but I, it was, it was very real to me. But anyway, uh, I just, my uncle Rick, uh, her oldest son, my grandma Bauman's oldest son, he passed away. It'll be a year ago tomorrow. It was October 25th, if my memory serves me right. And she died on October 23rd, which my aunt Deb told me was her anniversary with my grandpa Bauman. And I never met him because he passed away when my dad was 18 years old. So, um, again, uh, this isn't me trying to convince anybody that there's something else beyond this life, that uh, there's an afterlife that truthfully none of us really know whether you're a believer in a higher power or not. The reality is nobody knows because we're all still here. Uh, we don't know until we expire, right? But that being said, I, I, in some ways there's some relief there and there's some peace uh, as, as your grandson just knowing that um, you know her kids were still still there, even though she didn't really know them and, and know that they were there, you know, with my aunt Deb and, and my dad, my uncle Bill, my uncle Rick, when he was alive. And, um, 
um, uh, Father Mike Geiger, who was a, a priest when I was at Central Catholic, my, my alma mater, my high school back in Toledo, um, one of my favorite authority figures from that institution. Um, when I had my tumor, he drove my sister from Toledo to Ann Arbor because I had my surgery at the University of Michigan, and um, he drove her up after school um, when I was in recovery, and he prayed over me. Uh, I still have. I'm looking at it right now. It's about 12 feet from me, 15 feet from me, uh, a St. Michael's cross that he gave me when I was in the hospital, and the fact that he took the time to drive my sister up to see me. He brought a bunch of letters uh, from from kids at school who would wrote me get well cards in uh, in my math class, and a couple, you know, at least at least one other person uh, wrote a letter that you know get well letter and stuff. And uh, I remember being very emotional at that time. I didn't actually want any of my friends to see me because uh, my face was so jacked up from from the surgery. I mean, it looked like I picked a Mike, a fight with uh, Mike Tyson in his prime, and uh, lost terribly. <laughs> Uh, I digress, but so he actually, Father Mike Geiger, um, did the uh, the uh, the anointing of the sick. Uh, I think they, I don't know if they used to, they used to call it the last rites, but I, um, he texted me yesterday and told me that uh, he just did the anointing of the sick for my grandma, and um, my Aunt Deb was there. Um, so in a way, like I said, there's just peace for me knowing that she's not suffering anymore, and I just think the fact that uh, she passed away on the anniversary of her and my, my grandpa bomb and that that anniversary is two days before my uncle Rick passed away. And it's, it'll be a year tomorrow that he, he moved on. Um, I don't know. I guess part of me would like to believe that uh, that's not all coincidental and that there's, there's uh, not necessarily, you know, an eye in the sky that's always watching and knows everything that you do and, you know, but but that there's a, there's a connection with everything in the universe um, in a good way, and so to me, it's uh, I'm just glad that uh, Father Mike is part of the he'll be part of the um, uh, the the funeral mass, to my understanding, and that he did the anointing of the sick. That the fact that he's part of it and the fact that it kind of came full circle with her death when she died and my uncle Rick, I just, uh, I have some peace with that, with her too. So I love you, Grandma Bauman, and uh, I'm glad you're not hurting anymore. Um, so yeah, man, I didn't, you know, didn't plan on starting this one today on a, on a somber note, but at the same time, you know, death is part of life. And, you know, really I'm just thinking about my dad and I'm thinking about my Aunt Deb and I'm thinking about my Uncle Bill, you know, her, her remaining children. And, um, it is. It's just a trip, you know. When you get older, it's uh, that's what happens. You know, we all expire at some point, and hopefully, it's not until we're old and gray. And she, um, I think she was eighty-eight, and 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 the other, you know, my my other grandma, my grandma Raddy, you know, her her birthday is today. She turned uh, ninety-three today. So, uh, so yeah, man. Um, it's just a lot of a lot of that stuff is kind of just been kind of a, a, a weird day, you know, um, and I'm just, um, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to, to go home and, um, be there for, for my, my dad and my aunt, and my uncle and, and the rest of the family. Uh, that was tough last year when my uncle passed away, I didn't go home and it was something that, 
was a tough decision, you know, because I wanted to be there for family, but it was uh, before I was able to get vaccinated, before the vaccines had really rolled out even. Um, I didn't get my first shot until February of this year. Um, and, uh, you know, just trying to be mindful of the people in my life at that time, you know, and, and you know, not knowing who all was going to be at, at the ceremony. And, uh, you know what I mean? It was just, uh, that's what's really messed up. And that was something my aunt even said to me today. You know, it's just tough that she, you know, she feels like she kind of lost this last year in a lot of ways with my with my grandma in the last year of her life because of uh, this this virus and, um, you know, trying to protect the most vulnerable of the population, you know. Um, it's weird, man. It's, it's weird, but at the same time, there's peace. And uh, just the fact, like I said, that it's kind of come full circle in terms of when she died and my uncle's the one-year anniversary of his passing being tomorrow and the fact that Father Mike, who's, again, one of my favorite authority figures from my time in high school, is just a really, really good guy, really good human being. Um, I have some peace with it. So just wanted to start it off with that today. You know, again, it's not me looking for sympathy from anybody or looking for attention or anything like that. I'm not somebody who's going to use a death as a way to get that kind of stuff out of it. It's just... It's just what's on my heart and my mind today, and uh, like I said, I'm just thinking about thinking about my dad, thinking about my aunt Deb, thinking about my uncle Bill. So, if there's people in your life uh, that are that are getting older, and, and even if they're not getting older, man, just you know, make sure you take every opportunity to to tell the people who you love that you love them, because you never know when that last time is going to be. And uh, I'm just thankful that uh, it sounds like she went you know, as peacefully as you can with somebody who's, uh, in her situation. Um, and I'm just glad that she's, she's reunited on the other side with, uh, with my uncle Rick and with her husband. So, uh, love you, grandma. Uh, you know, speaking of being there for the ones you love and just being a good human being, man, this week's guest, I I don't know him on a personal level. This is the only time I've gotten to talk to him and I hope it's the first of many, but he's a great guy. He's doing great things. His name is Anthony, and his artist's name is Hands and Feet. And I actually, uh, a big reason I got Anthony on the show was because uh, I had Gray Mind on. Uh, if you haven't checked out that episode, check out the episode I did with Gray Mind. Uh, shout out, Brian. What's up, man? Uh, but he reached out to me uh, not long after we did our podcast and was just like, hey, Mike, I think it would be awesome if you could get Anthony on. He goes by Hands and Feet. And just with the whole theme of your podcast in terms of perseverance and moving forward, like I just think it would be a really cool conversation. And he's he's a great guy and is doing his thing with his music. And uh, so I reached out to him and I, I checked out his music. And it's really cool, man. It's it's really different, you know, than than probably what you would you would normally hear. Uh, but I dig it because it's basically like doing spoken word poetry over trap beats. You know, it's almost like this trap meets metal, meets hardcore, meets, you know, spoken word poetry. And I don't want to give too much away because uh, Anthony really, really takes everybody on a journey in this one in terms of his life experience and the tragedy that he experienced at a young age and how he turned a negative into a positive. But just to speak on the music piece of it, his album Speak No Evil came out last year, February 2020. Uh, he had a single bad again that came out back in 2019 and he just talks about his journey you know not only musically but but also just in his life and in terms of the work that he's doing with suicide prevention and uh, uh, people who are going through those things and uh, 
it was just really touching, man. And it was just, uh, it made me feel good to, to know that there's people like this out there that uh, are doing this kind of work for other humans and doing it out of the goodness of their heart. And on top of that, like I said, I really enjoy his music. Uh, there's some there's some cool ones uh, like Are You Afraid of the Dark and Double Dragon, Constantine. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of great stuff that he's put out musically. And um, I'm just really excited for him and, and what he's doing. And I was so thankful to get a chance to speak to him and get him on this podcast. And like I said, I don't want to give too much away because it's a really powerful conversation. Um, you, might, you might need some tissues uh, because uh, there's, some, there's some heavy parts of this man. Um, but I appreciate him walking uh, through those dark parts with me because we're all darkness and light. And, you know, sometimes that darkness teaches us about the light we have in ourselves and how we can help others and, you know, the darkness that we experience and how we can turn that into a positive. And that's what he's done in his life. So without further ado, I'm going to show my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with hands and feet. Here it is. Sweet. Well, Anthony, thanks again so much, man, for for taking the time to do this. Genuinely, dude, I uh, I greatly appreciate it. Um, again, as we were talking before we we got started, I had Gray Mind on. Shout out to Brian and uh, super cool. That's our Gray Mind, <laughs> super talented dude. And uh, he got in touch with me and was like, "Man, I really, I really think you should have Anthony on your podcast, just with the theme of it and everything." And uh, checked out your music, Hands and Feet. Um, and I really dig it, man. Like it's, uh, I like it because it's like it's it's angry. And then when I when I listen to when I listen to uh, you know some of the there was like a, a, I don't know if you'd want to call it like a Q&A, but it was like the meaning behind the songs that you did. And you were talking oh, yeah, about yeah. how you did poetry for a long time. So then it all kind of clicked mm-hmm. for me and it made more sense. I was like, oh, this is almost like, yep. it's almost like hardcore slam poetry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I got to imagine kids just get super hyped at shows, but uh, just yep. <laughs> to, to kick this off, man. Um, how long has music been something that that you've loved? Because your previous band was it Injustice? I I, I was yep. okay. So so how long ago Nailed did the, the music bug bite you, man? Um, I picked up a guitar at thirteen, actually. So I've been playing music since then, since I was thirteen. Anything from guitar to bass to drums to a little bit of keys, all over the place. Um, I gravitated towards heavier music i grew up in a small town called gila bend it's uh, about 1700 people or so uh, a little over an hour outside mexico uh, my graduating class was 30 kids like super small tight-knit town you know and when it's great when you're growing up because all the parents are looking out for all the kids and you can kind of just say hey just be back when sundown hits so you go do your thing everyone's looking out and then you come back but when you get to be a teenager you get bored and all that and Um, thankfully I, I got into skating and got into music and, uh, one of my friends growing up, his older brother, um, was into like metal and like hardcore and all that. And he had his MySpace going and all that. So he was tapped in with like music, you know, MySpace, metalcore, legendary forever. Yeah. Um, So like he, uh, he put us on and, um, I got into like Azalea dying and impending doom and, um, 
uh, as Blood Runs Black and just uh, Job for Cowboy. I'm from Arizona, so Job for Cowboy, Ride Hard, Nights of the Abyss, Ride Hard. Like, those are the some of the biggest influences for me when it came to actually, like, writing music and uh, transitioning into this sound that I, I got now. And, um, yeah, I uh, joined my first band. We, I mean, 13, 14, we had, like, our bands where we were, like, drawn up logos but didn't really know how to play our instruments and all yeah. that. But, like... Um, I think our first band that our first band name was life after death or something like that. <laughs> Just That's like, hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, um, we all grew up either Catholic or Christian. So we were like, Oh, we want to be a Christ core band, you know, like all that. And, um, uh, then junior year, um, that same friend group, uh, the older brother, he had been, um, playing in a band, uh, that he had put together with some of his friends from Yuma and all that. And uh, my friend became the drummer and uh, time passed and they ended up needing another guitarist. And I just jumped in the mix my junior year. I was 16, 15 or so. And I was called Ashes of a Fallen Hero. Just super like textbook OG metalcore. Like it was it was a great time. I was blessed to be able to play shows up in Phoenix. Um, we're up here every weekend. Any reason to get out of the town we were up playing shows and uh traveling to mexico or new mexico traveling to texas and all that like bless my mom and my stepdad for letting me live my dream at such a young age like as an adult now i don't know if i would be cool with a teenager going out of state but like we did it and (laughs) it was a blast and yeah so all that kind of happened and from playing shows up here i actually uh met my best friend who is my producer trey lavkai we met our junior year at shows he was friends with another local band called in your honor so he was at the shows we were playing at and um we just connected really heavy and we were both in and out of bands and all that and i got connected with the scene up here in phoenix and all that and um got introduced to straight edge got introduced to a bunch of other bands and um eventually moved up when I was uh, 19 or 20 or so. And uh, that's when I started doing poetry at hardcore shows and metalcore shows and all these like different genres, indie, because it's slam poetry. It was just me and a mic. Um, so I I was terrified of it. Public speaking was not, it still probably isn't my strong suit. It gives me anxiety, but um, I just had a press on my heart to really start doing something for suicide prevention when I graduated high school is um, when it kind of like I knew I needed to, and we can get into the meeting later on. But um, so I just, I started doing it and um, I was blessed to tour the U S and Canada up and down the West coast, all that, just connecting with people doing slam poetry and public speaking and um, just pouring, speaking life into people and just really kind of started from there. And then, Eventually, I got into Injustice. It's just dumb, heavy, beat down, your friends fight each other music. And <laughs> it was the time of my life and just making music for people to lose their mind to and just bring that same energy because it's I was, I was very angry as a kid, very numb state from some of the things that happened in my life. And um, we all gravitated to heavy music because it made sense to us and it was an outlet. So being able to provide that space for people to just let loose and be free like that's no greater feeling you know 
Heck yeah, man. No, I, I admire anybody who gets behind the mic because, you know, yeah. like you, you mentioned being terrified of public speaking. Like uh, when I was telling you before we hit the record button that I, I went to school for journalism. For me, yeah. when I had an opportunity to do um, like local high school games, doing sports broadcasting, like high school football and stuff, I was so terrified. And, and, and it wasn't even like the entire game where it was like I was in front of a camera. It was just like the stand-ups in the beginning. And it was like, Ricky Bobby, like, I don't know what to do with my hands. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like so nervous. So I can only imagine doing, doing slam poetry and, you know, you get a lot of the, you know, impress me bros with their arms crossed, you know, like what's, what's this band doing? What's, you know, I, I feel like you could be the, the best opening band in the world and you'd still get those people who are like, Oh, I'm not here for that. So, uh, I admire exactly. that courage, especially, <laughs> yeah, especially, uh, doing like because we were like i was touring with smaller bands obviously because i was a smaller artist and i would just hop in a van with uh this band paper towns uh rest in peace paper towns they haven't been around for a minute but uh those were i was living with them at the time and we would just go you know we would just hop in the van and go and i would slang merch and help load in load out and then i would just open before their set and um a lot of it was like bars or house shows and like yeah. dude, speaking like I'm like doing slam poetry that's talking about like just to survive like being left behind from suicide and like being at the point where I want to take my life and like super intense poetry to a room full of drunk people is either really great or really bad you know because <laughs> like you have to learn to capture the room and like you got next thing you know i look up and i got a a house show full of drunk people who are just ugly crying because i hit a sweet spot and like (laughs) it's just it was super intense you know either that or there was drunk people just talking over me or getting in fights or arguments or playing beer pong and i'm just like whatever i'm doing my thing for somebody and there was always somebody who would come up to the merch table and tell me how much it meant to them and this and that a lot of great connections. So like I wouldn't change it for anything, but like, it was definitely like, it taught me how to like adapt to my environment and just win a room over within the first 10 seconds, you know, like it's, it was intense, but like, it was, it was beautiful. And I feel like the artist I am today. And like, I also do public speaking at local high schools. I give lectures on mental health and suicide prevention and like, capturing gen z's attention and keeping gen z's attention is like a needle in a haystack like so all of that like prepared me for a room full of gen z's with their airpods in who are like give me a reason to pay attention to you or i got both my airpods in and i'm out and so it's like it's blessed you know so it's uh, it definitely uh trained me well (laughs) yeah it's gotta feel good when you when if you can win over uh like a house show of like, you know, hardcore, like you said, fans, you know what I mean? You, you're doing something right. And, and even reaching, exactly. like, you know, reaching one person, like it, to me, it's, is, worth is, it. it's, it's absolutely worth it. Well, well, so take me back a little bit, man, in terms of the, when, yeah. when did the poetry stuff really start to come into play for you? Like, uh, was that something that you were doing as a yeah, so, Um, I had been writing lyrics and poems since, I think I wrote my first one like memorably when I was 12 and it was God awful, but you got to start somewhere, you know, Yeah. It was, like super cheesy. Like, I love you, God. I'm lost. God help me. God kind of stuff. You know, like, I didn't know, like, I mean, 
and my upbringing was a lot different than like the average person you know and so it's like my teens like when you're really trying to find yourself is when my most traumatic situations happen to me and um that's when i i needed an outlet um with heavy music with writing with music in general like what happened um uh, I, I guess i'll get into it but basically uh my cousin my older brother my older cousin matt who was basically my big brother he was 21 at the time 21 22 and um he he took his own life uh when i was uh thir- 12 13 uh, yeah. And my dad, my dad was the one who found him. And two years after that, my dad overdosed and um, attempted his suicide. He was pronounced dead on the scene, revived um, somehow. They couldn't explain it. Praise God. But he, uh, for whatever reasons, I mean, as an adult, I can detach myself from the feeling of abandonment and understand where his head was at. I'm sure with like being the one to find his, his cousin that he grew up with, that was like his little brother. You know, like he helped raise him and just the trauma that he was feeling, he wasn't able to bounce back from it. And he dove into drugs and I'm sure he just felt we were better off without him. And so he stepped out after that. And so this all happened with like the most crucial years of your upbringing of just like when you start to have your own independent thoughts and like your own interests start developing who you are as a person, like when, when you're 12 to like 15, that's when you're starting to like develop your characteristics to the full extent to that of like who you're going to be like, Oh, I can think different than what I was raised. You know, like you step away from what mom and dad or your caregiver may have um, brought you up in. You start to think for yourself a bit more. And uh, that's when all that hit in my life, like fell apart, you know, like two of my heroes that were everything to me were no longer there. Um, and so I, I just dove into music and I dove into lyrics and I dove into poetry. And um, it's kind of crazy to kind of see full circle because like uh, my song Judas Suicide Note that I put out last year mm. is um, rehashed from a poem I wrote called Judas Suicide Note when I was like 14, I think. And like, I still have the binder of like the handwritten lyrics that I just wrote in a notebook. And um, yeah, so it's like, I, I kind of like got to revisit that and like, see all the pieces come together, especially with having Brooke Reeves from Impending Doom on that song, doing guest vocals as um, his artist name, Man of God. Like, I don't care if anybody understands how important that is. Because I know how big that is because Impending Doom shaped what Hands and Feet is today. Like when I was like, yo, you can be a Christian and make stupid heavy music and still love God. Like, yeah, for me, that was that was everything as a kid because I had everyone. I grew up in a Baptist church. So it's like you see a metal shirt and they're like, you're going to hell. Like your hair's long. You're going to hell. Like your nails are painted. You're going to hell. Like, so it's like. I had a hero, like to that, to me, they were my heroes, you know, like I, they were the ones showing me that like, yo, you could do this, you know, you can love God and be alternative or be goth or be whatever you want, whatever it is that you are, you know? So like having Brooke on that song that I wrote that was inspired by impending doom back in the day, like seeing that full circle was just 
so beautiful to me, you know, and um, to kind of like tie all that together. I have been writing poems for so long. And then when I got into the band in like uh, my junior year, um, I kind of just focused strictly on guitar because we were playing like pretty intense stuff, you know, like old as Blood Runs Black, like old after the burial, like full six string chords and just sweeps and shredding. Like, so I was like, I was zoned in, you know, but when I graduated, I stepped away and um, I wanted to kind of do my own thing. And I was getting into different music. I wasn't really into like all the shreddiness anymore, like old White Chapel and stuff like that, like super intense guitars and drums. Like I was getting more into like melodic hardcore, like Half Heart and like OG Hundredth, OG Close Your Eyes. And um, there was a local band called Where Eagles Dare and stuff like that, like uh, just that more passionate hardcore. Uh, I want to do stuff like that. So I started writing again and I, I had heard uh, Trey, the ruler who's um, a spoken word artist from uh, Pacific Northwest. And then Levi, the poet who's from, um, from New Mexico. I had heard them around like when I was like 20 years old and I had never really experienced that emotional like feeling that, they were kind of bringing out of me with being spoken word poetry of like, you can't ignore me. You're hearing my words. This is what I have to say. You're going to listen or you're going to turn this off. You know, like there was no distraction. It was just raw in your face. And it kind of started putting the mirror in front of me and just letting me know like, Hey, there's a lot of like trauma and baggage that you need to start working on. And you need to express this and let it out and stop ignoring it and bottling it up and staying in this numb state that you're in. And so I just was mimicking what brought that out of me. And eventually it formed hands and feet. And it's always been hands and feet, even when I was doing slam poetry and spoken word. And you could still find the OG recordings of my tapes on Bandcamp somewhere. I think something, but yeah, it was just, I loved that concept that you can't ignore it, you know, that there was no distractions, that you could understand the vocals. <laughs> like, it wasn't like having to look up old Bring Me the Horizon lyrics from Count Your Blessings because you can't understand what he's saying half the time. And so it's like, it, I just love that concept of like, you hear me, you see me either listen or walk out or shut me off, you know, cause I have something that I need to say and that I feel is important enough for you to hear. And so I just gravitated to it. And I did that for probably six years straight, just shows at locally and touring. I toured uh, more months out of the year than I didn't when I was uh, for like three years. Uh, we'd be out for a month. I'd come back for a few weeks. We'd go out for another another month or so, another five weeks, another six weeks. Like uh, we were just any any opportunity, uh, we were out there. And I, I such beautiful connections, you know, like just getting to tell a room full of strangers that I've never met before that I love them and that they have purpose. And even if they don't believe in God or whatever that doesn't matter because suicide does not have a face. It reaches the richest of the rich to the poorest of the poor mental health affects every walk of life. And at this point, unfortunately, every single person has at least 
a personal loved one or a friend of a friend who they've lost to suicide. And so I knew that that people needed to hear this, that people needed to know that that they were loved and that all you need to qualify for a purpose is a beat in your chest and air in your lungs. All you have to do is just be alive and you have purpose. And so just getting to tell people that just people that I've never met before, I don't know what they brought into that place. I don't know what their life looks like out the, outside that show, but just the brief five to 15 minutes that I get to talk with them at the merch table, like healing happened there. And it was just so beautiful to experience. And still to this day, like I had my first show back uh, on Thursday and it's this, it's always been the same message and it always will be the same message that you have purpose and that you are loved and that I believe in you, you know? And because I know how much I needed somebody to tell me that when I needed it. And I know when my dad stepped out, that I thankfully I have an amazing stepdad and he was my role model. He's basically my dad. He raised me, but like we didn't have a lot of the same interests. He was like really into sports and stuff like that. And I was this little emo kid that had long <laughs> hair and bangs in his face. And he's like, he did what he could, but like, I, I, I needed somebody to just like, tell me that like the, who I was, was okay. What I was interested in was okay and just that everything was going to be okay you know and even if it's not like we'll get through it and so getting to be that role model for kids who it's it's such a niche like group of just like alternative kids and seeing like scene and emo come back around and like hearing bands like if i die first sound like all the old metalcore and post-hardcore old bless the fall and stuff like hearing that sound come back around i'm just like this is it, you know, like, I love like getting to point out the little goth kid in a high school room and just be like, hey, like, you see my tattoos, you see my nails, you see my chains, like, yeah, I love you, like, I still love you. And like, it's you can, you can be an adult and still love this stuff, and still work on yourself, you know, like, especially Gen Z, they're so, so emotionally in tune and so vulnerable and because they're so used to just broadcasting their lives across social media which is a great thing and also has its negatives you know there's such things as oversharing or like for sure feeling you have to feeling you have to state your opinion on everything you know like um, but like for for the most part this is the most self-aware and caring generation that has ever walked this earth so getting to like help them hone in on healing we don't have to break that barrier that a lot of our generation and even more so our parents generation where there's this huge emotional block because especially guys like oh yeah you're taught that like if you have feelings you're you're a poser and your other words that i won't use for the sake of inclusive inclusivity yeah <laughs> but the whole boys like, don't cry thing and yeah exactly my favorite band the cure said it best boys don't cry you know like yeah so like there's this huge emotional barrier and like i was raised by my mom i was raised by women i was around women and she always raised me to like just hey like if you gotta go cry go cry 
Like, it's okay. Like, just calm down, go in your room, scream into your pillow, throw, throw your little rubber ball against the wall, let it out. And then once I hear you settle down, I'll come in and talk to you, you know, uh, especially growing up with OCD and still having OCD. Um, it fluctuates on it, how intense it was. But as a kid, like, you don't know you have OCD. You just realize that something for me, it's all right angles and increments of three and five and uh and lists i make a list for myself every single day in my head and as a kid i was even doing that and the moment something went off i had a panic attack because my brain was like what's wrong something's wrong you know like and so i was having these panic attacks that could have came off as just a kid throwing a tantrum and just being a spoiled brat but my mom saw through it and loved me and loved me through it and walked me through it so it was like growing up to like I didn't have that real emotional barrier um so much so that a lot of our generation and our parents generation had so getting to kind of tap into that and hone into that and help people help people heal because I have a different perspective and a different view um into emotional states and into trauma and um, being certified in uh, suicide prevention and things like that and crisis intervention, like it's, it's just beautiful. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And Gen Z, they got it, they have it. So just helping them, uh, giving, giving them the cheat codes to healing so that they don't crash in their early twenties. Like most of us did, you know? Yeah, man. Well, Anthony, um, you know, just unpacking all that, man. One, I want to say, I'm really sorry to hear about what you went through um, with your cousin you. and your dad, man. Yeah. Like I, 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 I can't even imagine, I can't imagine going through that as an adult in a, in like a two year span, much less, you know, as a, as a teenager, like you said, when you're, yeah. you're trying to figure things out, you're, you, that's when you're, I feel like at least for me, when I was a teenager, I was really starting to become self-aware you know, yep. and, and, and like you said, you're getting into, you know, the stuff that you enjoy. And um, so I, I, I'm so sorry you had to go through that, but thank you. I, I also want to thank you for, for sharing it, man. Um, because I, I think you're a great example uh, of somebody who, who turned a negative into a positive, you know, because yeah. it would have been real easy to go off the rails and have something like that, just derail your entire life. Mm -hmm to see something yeah. like that and experience that at, at a young age. Um, and the fact that you've, you've turned it into now helping, you know, the next generation of kids, you're talking about it in your music. You had the courage to, to get on a mic, you know, and, and uh, you know, rally the troops as far as the, yeah. you know, the drunk hardcore show kids, <laughs> but, but actually reach yeah. people, man. And, and um mm -hmm. I so I, I really appreciate you sharing all that, man, because uh, that's, yeah, that's really what this show is all about, dude, is it's just, um, you know, marching forth and persevering and moving forward. So exactly. Um, um, I really appreciate you just you, you know, putting your heart out there and helping helping these kids, because I think we're all a lot more alike than we realize. And I think that's what Fox. makes me sad about some of the stuff that I see uh, in, in the United States where we are today is just. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people um, either playing up or maybe even profiting off of divisiveness and um, yep. division in general. And uh, I really think that, you know, 
we, we are more alike than we, than we realize. And everybody's going through Agreed. something, you know, and, yep. and being able to have a voice and, and reach kids and get them to understand that I think is just uh, really awesome, man. So I really appreciate you sharing all that with me, man. And the people listening Thank to the show. Appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, in the time we have left, and thanks again so much, man. Um, obviously, I mean, I don't want you to, to name names, but, you know, you've been doing this for like, what, like 10 years now. Um, are there any, mm-hmm. any moments that stick out to you um, as far as, uh, you know, maybe somebody who either was in a similar situation as you, or they just experienced just either loss really young or went through something really hard at, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old that you were able to, um, to get through to or, or connect with? Yeah. Um, after doing, after doing this for so long, like fortunately and unfortunately I've suicide prevention has taken me to the darkest places this world has to offer from people recovering from sexual assault to child assault, um, molestation and abuse and, um, just, or even coming off of a divorce or coming off of a really heavy breakup or, um, counseling people with eating disorders and like literally everything in between, like I praise God and, or higher power, whatever, whatever's out there, whatever somebody believes in, like I've lost count of how many times I've talked people off the edge, you know, like my phone is always on. I get those 3am phone calls where somebody has straight up told me like, Hey, I'm going to kill myself if you don't give me a reason not to. And I, it's, it's always a blur because I, I don't, I don't realize like what exactly is coming out of my mouth while it's happening. But you just that discernment, you know, you just let the spirit flow and you let your, you let the natural instinct take in. And I've done better in certain situations and learned from it and learned how to adapt to situations and things like that. And, but yeah, I've lost count of how many times I've had to talk people off the edge and even times that I didn't know about it, you know, like for a long time, every single Monday when, um, in my early twenties, it was, it was around the same time I started touring. Um, I, uh, I just had this vision of, I was working a warehouse job, working just tons of hours and it was Monday and I had a rough weekend. And I just had this vision of me holding a sign on the street that says suicide is not the answer. Something so simple, you know? And I was just like, if I have that vision, it's there for a reason, you know? So I took a piece of cardboard from the scrap pile, took a Sharpie and I wrote suicide is not the answer. And Every single Monday I was in town, I, I did that for three years straight. Every single Monday, it was raining. It was in the middle of winter. It was in the middle of summer. And that's not to pat myself on the back. It's just, I know that one of the greatest tools to healing is consistency. And I know that no matter what day of the week it was, when I was out there holding a sign, I know it made a difference. And I know I had people honking. I had people in tears crying at a stoplight or just pulling off the road to just come to me and just in tears telling me how much it meant to me. Like I have had people 
there was a there was th- th- this is like one of the main reasons why I believe in fate because there was a woman who pulled off the road crying. She gave me a hug. She calmed down. I calmed her down, and she told me that a year ago to that day, her dad had killed himself. Oh. That that same exact day, and she said she was dreading it. This was the first anniversary of losing him, and she saw that sign. And she is like, there's no way this isn't fate. Like I was having such a hard day and you had, you had, you would have had no idea that my dad had done what he did. And, but I saw your sign and I know it, it made my day better. I know it's making other people's day better. And on top of that, I've had, I had this, uh, this girl in her early twenties stop. And again, in tears, crying, we calmed her down. And she, she told me that she had shut her phone off and she was going to a park to go overdose on pills and take her own life. And she didn't want anybody to find her. There was no note, no nothing. She was just done living. And she Mm -hmm. said while she was, she was driving, she was, cause she grew up, she said she grew up religious and she said that she hadn't been praying much or anything like that, but she was just praying to God, like, I don't want to live anymore, but if there's a sign for me, here's your time, God. And she looked up and she saw the literal sign that said suicide is not the answer. Wow. And things like that. And another one that is, I will always remember I was in Boise and uh, we were, we were torn through and the venue canceled on us. So uh, they, a friend of a friend who was playing opened up their home to us and we pull up to the address and it's a gated community and it's a giant mansion (laughs) and we're like what the heck is going on it's like the biggest house i've ever been in and we set up and the kids are coming through and they don't got nothing going on that night so it was the weekend i think and um the family nicest family they took us in and they fed us and they like gave us endless coffee. And it was just like, (laughs) it was just such a vibe. And the house show was just a beautiful experience. And I did my thing. And it was one of those house shows where like we packed this place out, like it was a huge house and there's probably a hundred plus kids at a house show. And like, it was, it was one of those shows where I just like, I felt it. Like I felt, I felt the spirit move and, I did one piece and I was, I said, thank you. And I was getting ready to hop on and the crowd was dead silent while I was doing it. Every single person in that room, like they had my attention and they, uh, they asked for another one. And I was like, okay, I never get an encore, you know, like I'm doing slam poetry for <laughs> a rock band. And so, um, the paper towns are like, yeah, of course do your thing, you know? So, um, I, I did another piece and it's actually a piece that I wrote um, through the perspective of my cousin, his last conversation with God before he took his own life. And um, in the poem, um, I end the poem with the gun, the bullet being a dud, a blank. And um, so the bullet that in reality that took his life um, didn't go through and my cousin gets to live on through that poem basically. And I was ugly crying and in tears and the room was in tears. And 
um, I did my thing and I, uh, I, I said, give me a few minutes and then I'll be at the merch table. Anybody wants to talk, anybody needs prayer, whatever you need, you know? And, um, so I went outside to go get fresh air because I, I, I get really panicky and large crowds. I'm deaf in one year. So being in large crowds in a small, tight area, I get overstimulated. So I went outside to hit my inhaler and <laughs> breathe a little bit. And this kid in an Ash Pokemon hat um, walks up and uh, he just like he shakes my hand and he's like, hey, like, I just want to say thank you. You know, like your your poems really spoke to me and he i was like oh thank you you know like i appreciate that and he he wasn't really talking much so i kind of just like took a couple steps back but i saw that he was kind of still standing there and he was choking up and so i i i, I uh started the conversation again i was like hey like like are you okay like really like you seem like something's bothering you like speak freely you know and he he straight up told me he's like I was going to kill myself when I went home tonight, but because a stranger showed me genuine love that I had never felt before and told me that I had purpose, like I'm, I'm not doing it. I want you to know that I'm, I'm not going to take my life tonight. And we both just started sobbing and held him and I prayed with him and, um, I gave him my social media and, uh, this and that. So we could like keep in contact. And, um, we did for, for a solid, like probably a year or so. Um, and as somebody who counsels people, you, you hope for those times where they kind of start figuring things out for themselves and they no longer need you, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, he reached that point where he felt like he could stand on his own and, so many stories like that and again that's not to pat myself on my back like that's just fate you know right place right time being brave enough to speak out that's all it takes that's literally all it takes all it takes is a human being making a genuine connection with another human being that is suicide prevention i get asked every single time i i interview or every single time i speak or every time i play a show people ask me like how can i get involved in suicide prevention and i'm like you're already doing it yeah you're all you have to do is listen all you have to do is ask you know and when you ask genuinely like hey how you how are you you know uh just being genuine you know not like not giving off just oh i'm good how's the weather you know like just being like hey like like are you good like you can talk to me if you need it like that's suicide prevention that is the biggest form of suicide prevention there's therapy there's counseling there's there's medications, there's support groups, there's all these other like further steps to healing. But it all starts with this. It all starts with just a conversation like we're having, just somebody being willing to ask questions, somebody being willing to answer those questions, somebody just making the first step to just love genuinely. Like you said, we have more in common than we we could ever imagine, you know, and this culture there's so much of just like look how good my life is or putting on a front for instagram or getting your tweets off or this or that like everyone we're raised in a country for the american dream of work your way up the corporate ladder get that house get that white picket fence get that spouse get 
get a kid, you know, like, and so we're so focused on us that we stop caring for the world around us, you know, and like we, we lose our compassion. Like I, you go to any big city, whether it's Phoenix where I'm at or whether it's LA, like you see these huge houses and then you'll see a person without a house staying in a tent or sleeping on a bus stop right outside these giant mansions, you know, like where's our compassion? Like that's a human being, you know, you don't, you don't get to judge what circumstances led them to losing their home or losing their job. Like they're not some freeloader. They're not some person trying to live off the government and be lazy. Like they're a human being and their cards just didn't stack up the same way yours did, you know, like, yeah. And like, where's our, where's our, yeah. You know, like what mental, you know, break they had too, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like what happened to them or what did they go through in their lives that led them to living under a bridge or standing on a street corner, you know? I'm sorry. I didn't mean mean to interrupt there. Yeah. Just, just as you were going through that, like I, I think about the people that I see in Nashville like that, you know, um, and you just wonder like what, you know, what leads, what leads people to that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and like you said, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, man, just um, compassion. You know, I, I so much, I, I, there's just so much polarization right now. There, there's like a line in the sand for everything. And I just, I don't know, in my life, I feel like, you know, obviously there's certain things that are very black and white to me, you know, mm-hmm. rape, murder, all that stuff. But like, there's a lot of shades of gray, especially as human beings. We're very complex people. And um, I think you, what you're doing is proven that if you just listen to people and you take the time to try to make a genuine connection with them, so many of us are, are not connected. We're buried in our phones or we're chasing money. We're chasing clout. You know, like you said, people posting stuff on Instagram or posting on Twitter. And it's like, you just take the time to reach out to people um, deep down. There's, there's a lot more in common than we think, man, you know? So Facts. I'm glad that you've been able to, uh, to reach the people that you have, man. Um, Praise God. Well, well, Anthony, um, we're about at that time, man. And I know you've got uh, a meeting coming up. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to be respectful of your time, but I, I really just want to say thank you, man. Truly. I appreciate it. Like, especially as a dude with a small audience right now, I I probably focus on that too much, honestly. Um, But I really appreciate when people take the time to do this show because, uh, you know, I I really love doing stuff like this. I love connecting with people in a positive way and, um, you know, trying to use these conversations as a way to spread positivity, you know, and make those ripple effects no matter how small or large they may be. And like you said, I share that with you and that if I can reach one person, that's more than I would have if I hadn't have done it. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. Um, I do want to give a shout out to, to your music. I I hope everybody please go check out speak. No evil came out last year. Um, You're a busy guy. You released nine singles and an album last year. Um, My personal favorite is Icarus. And I saw a post that you made about that as well. And um, thank you. It's, it's very different from your other stuff, which, which is like the hardcore (laughs) slam poetry over like the trap beat, which I love that stuff too. 
Um, because yeah. to me, that exemplifies like what heavy music is to me, which is just a positive release of negative emotion. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but yeah, man, um, real quick, that. just uh, let people know where they can find you. Um, you know, anything that you want to plug, I, I know you're, you're doing this from uh, you said a volunteer center that you're at, if you want to give yeah. them a shout out, but uh, the floor is yours, man. Let people know how they can connect or how they can find you or, or just what they can do. Yep. Uh, across all, all social media platforms, X hands, X feet, X uh, shouts out straight edge, straight edge for life, vegan straight edge. You know um, I love being able to be a voice for vegan straight edge and, uh, like the rap and hip hop side of things. It's, it's obviously more common within metal and hardcore. Um, but bringing that element, like, uh, sobriety showing kids that like, Hey, cause I didn't, I grew up, I didn't know what straight edge was until my friend uh, gave me half heart CD. Um, so it's like, uh, getting to tell kids like, Hey, you can be sober, you know, you can wait to do these things. You can wait to partake until, you feel you're in a better headspace to make that decision for yourself, you know? And for me, I choose not to, I choose not to partake. And uh, so, uh, yeah, X hands, X feet, X across all social media, um, SoundCloud, all that as well. Uh, on listening platforms though, like Spotify and Instagram, it's just hands, X feet. That's what I wanted everything to be. Um, for hands and feet but uh instagram there's another hands x feet for organization that wouldn't let me buy the name um so i had to throw in a couple more x's uh, but yeah so hands x feet on spotify and apple music um my dms are always open for anybody who needs anything this is more than the music i love getting to bring healing into the space of heavy music and um especially kids. I mean, I listen to this music. I listen to Scar Lord. I listen to Ghost Man. I listen to Suicide Boys. And if you get into like Peep and Goth Boy Click and all that, it's kind of like all this convoluted alternative music. Um, it's, it's vulnerable. It's transparent. Uh, but these artists aren't trying to be heroes. They're not trying to be role models. They're just being artists, you know, and they're speaking their truth. Um, but there's a lot of anger and violence and negativity within it. And I listen to it. So I get it. So I love getting to bring um, positivity to this. It's like, Hey, let's jump around at these shows. Let's crowd surf. Let's mosh. Let's dogpile. Let's have a blast, but then let's have a conversation afterwards so that you can go home and be alone with yourself. Because when I was going to mute to these shows and letting it out, it was great. You have that relief, but then I, I couldn't be alone with myself. I was terrified to be alone with myself because I was afraid of taking my own life. And that's because I wasn't facing my baggage, you know? So I'm trying to give kids the cheat code, you know, like, Hey, let's, let's have this release. Let's find some positive outlets for you. And uh, let's have a conversation. Let's get healing started, you know? Um, so that's what it's all about. Um, as well as places like this East Valley dream center, uh, this is where I volunteer. This is where I work with kids. This is where I work with uh, families in lower income areas. Um, we live in a country where healthcare should be affordable and should be free, but it's not. Um, so until that day comes, I'm going to provide my services for free. Uh, my, my mental health services, it's what I do. Um, and suicide prevention, part of it is also necessities, you know, because you're trying to survive and 
you you lose the will to survive. So if we can provide a meal for someone, if we can provide um, clothes, shoes, after school programs, activities, while we come alongside you and help you learn how to budget your finances and help you learn how to cope with with your uh, with your trauma and your baggage, all of this comes together, and this is what East Valley Dream Center is. Um, so love to my East Valley Dream Center family. Um, that's home. I love getting to work with these kids. And uh, eventually I want to form my own nonprofit where I take uh, counseling and therapy and all that to lower income areas like I grew up in and provide these mental health services free of charge all across the U.S. Uh, that's the goal. I hope to get big enough as an artist to where I can form that nonprofit and uh, step into that full time. Uh, so shout out East Valley Dream Center and uh, shout out Peixoto Coffee right here. A little plug. Um, that's where I work full time. I've been there for five years. That's my family. I know I'm so blessed to tell to that my to be able to say that my work is my family. Um, cause I know that's not the case more often than not, but Peixoto coffee has been my home for five years. They love and support me. They come out to my shows, they buy my merch and they just listen when, because they know they support what I do and they know the burden I carry and, they know that I need my cup to be full in order to pour out. So they physically pour into my cup and uh, <laughs> they, uh, they spiritually pour into my cup. So shout out to my Peixoto family, mi familia, and, um, my personal family, my loved ones, my, my mom, uh, my sister, my stepdad, my family in sorrow circle. Um, that's our like, it's not a collective, but it's kind of this organization that we're working on um, just to provide resources for upcoming artists like us, uh, give them the cheat codes. That's all it's about, you know, just helping people level up so they can have opportunities in their life and in their music career um, that that we wish we would have had, you know. Um, so check, check out Sorrow Circle on social media. You can find it in my bio. Uh, give us some love, follow the YouTube, all that. And then, uh, yeah. Shouts out to you for having me. I thank you. I appreciate your time for giving me the platform. Uh, I'm still coming up just like you are. And uh, it's moments like these where people are going to look back and they're going to search uh, hands and feet interview. And uh, it's going to be right there next to like all these other interviews. And then it's going to be right there. And it's going to be one of the first ones. You know, I've only done a handful of these. I'm very selective with the interviews I do because I don't feel I have much um much like a clout, I guess, to offer because I'm still coming up, um, but it'll it'll be there and we're all going up. So I appreciate you and I, I, I speak blessings over what you're doing and I appreciate what you're doing, giving the time for artists and people like my brother Graymind and uh, everybody else you're reaching out to. So thank you for the work you're doing, giving artists a voice and providing that platform. So bless you. I appreciate you, bro. Well, Anthony, I can't thank you again enough, man, so much for for being vulnerable, for battling through what you've what you've gone through, and for sharing your stories on this platform, yeah. man. Let's definitely keep in touch, and uh, much sure. love to you and yours, man. Yeah, much love, bro. I appreciate you. have it that was my conversation with anthony aka hands and feet make sure you go follow him on instagram at x hands x feet x the link will be in the podcast description for this episode anthony 
thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me on this podcast and, and to be as vulnerable as you were, to be an open book, really. Um, I, I greatly appreciate it, man. I know it's probably not easy to talk about this stuff, no matter how long you've been doing it, and you've been doing it a long time in terms of suicide prevention, but the fact that you shared your story with me and the listeners of this show, I just want you to know, man, from the bottom of my heart, how much it really means to me, and I want to thank you for all the work that you're doing for everybody out there who's struggling mentally and, and that you're, you're putting the time in and, and, and putting in all the hours that you do to, to help people, man. It's, uh, it's, it's really awesome and it's really inspiring. And, and I, again, I thank you for your vulnerability and to everybody listening to this too, man, if you need help, if you're struggling right now, please keep going. Please know that there are people in your life that love you, that care about you. You mean the world to somebody. So please, please keep going. Keep your head up. I'm going to put the link in this podcast description for the suicide prevention hotline. I'm also going to put the link for psychology today because you can go on there and look up therapists where you live and, you know, reach out to Anthony. You know, he's an open book. You guys heard his story at X hands, X feet X. This is what he does, man. He wants to help people. And I just, again, I just, uh, I don't want to see anybody expire before their time is up we all have a light inside of us we all have gifts that we were blessed with the things that we don't ask for that we're drawn to that come naturally to us those are the things that you need to pursue and um, uh, again I, I just really appreciate his time and I just want everybody out there who is struggling who's listening to this please keep going I know times are tough I know things are tough and if you are in a dark period in your life right now for whatever the reason may be um just know that things do get better and they're only going to get better if you if you're still here and you keep going just like Anthony said you know you have a heartbeat you're alive you have purpose by virtue of being alive and having a heartbeat you have purpose and you might not see it now but it's there so please check out the links in the podcast description again for Anthony follow him on Instagram at x hands x feet x check out the links that I'm going to put up as well if you're in that dark place we want you here, man. We love you and we want you here. So yeah, man, it was, it was probably the heaviest episode that I've done to date as far as March 4th goes. But, um, you know, I believe that all of us are darkness and light and the universe is a balance of darkness and light, you know. And on my show, I try to be really conscious of not coming off as invasive or exploitative with these conversations. You know, this is real life. These are real people. These are real stories. And I don't ever want to be invasive. I don't ever want to seem like a shock jock because that's not my MO, man. I'm really doing this because I love to do it. And I hope that these conversations help people. I hope they touch people in a positive way. And I hope they inspire people to chase down their dreams in their lives, to persevere through whatever they're going through and to move forward and to move forward in a positive direction. Take one positive step every single day, and you'll be, you know, 365 steps ahead of where you were a year ago. You know, as cheesy as that may sound, it's true. So the fact that Anthony came on the show, that he gave me his time, um, the fact that he, he, he squeezed me in when he had uh, a meeting he was getting ready to be part of, it, it just shows you how much this stuff really means to him. And so, again, Anthony, thank you so much for sharing your story. And musically, he's got some great stuff out there, you guys. So 
check him out. His album Speak No Evil on all musical platforms. It came out February 2020. He had numerous other songs that he released that year. And he's got a new single coming out called Bloodchild. The video drops October 28th. And the song will be available on all platforms on October 29th. So keep your eyes peeled for Bloodchild because that's going to be coming here at the end of the week by the time this episode is out. So again, at X, hands, X, feet, X. I really appreciate this dude. I really love the work that he's doing. And it's inspiring me to do more too, you know, um, to um, to be a better person and, and to try to help people more, you know. Um, I got to figure out what that looks like and what that's going to be. I try to be a good a good dude to everybody that I meet. Um, I don't hold grudges with people who hurt me. Um, you know, I've made mistakes in my life and I've atoned for them. Some of them I've probably beat myself up too much about for, but uh, I really try to go through this life being a good a good human being and doing right by other people. And listening to Anthony's story just really inspires me to, to do more, and I hope it inspires all of you to do more. Um, he's just a selfless dude, man. I actually, he did a merch drop recently um, where I think one of the designs benefited the East Valley Dream Center that he's a part of, and the other one benefited his hometown. I hope I'm saying it right. Gila Bend, it's spelled G-I-L-A, but I think it's pronounced Gila Bend. There are people who lost their homes to flooding, from what I understand, and he had a design, uh, the design that I purchased, uh, where 100% of the benefits go to helping these families who have lost their homes and stuff. So this dude's really living it, man. Uh, He's really living it, and I'm happy to support people and feature people who are doing really good work in the world, man. I, I try to be you know, um, in terms of the guests that I have on this show, I, I'm really just trying to feature people who, who, whether it's their music or the human beings that they are, just, just feature the good deeds that they're doing. And uh, in a world where there's uh, a lot of vitriol, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of division, there's a lot of cancerous tribalism that I see, uh, which I've spoken a little bit about in the country that I live in, in the United States, you know, for some of you listening internationally, I'm sure you're well aware of everything that's happened in our country in this last year and stuff that I continue to see with some of the media giants and even some people I know who just align themselves, you know, to, it's like a team, you know, these political teams. And I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't want any part of it. Uh, I believe in love. I believe in peace. I believe in light. And I believe that those are more powerful than anything that money can buy. Um, And so uh, I really hope that this show is a vehicle of positivity and light, you know, um, and that I can continue to reach more people because uh, I just want to do good while I'm here. And um, Anthony's story has just really inspired me to do more, and I hope it, it inspired all of you to do more as well. So... I just want to wrap it up by saying thank you, man. Uh, like I said, it's a heavy episode. It's a heavy day, but it's also positive. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad my grandma's not in pain anymore. And I'm really grateful for all of the people that I have in my life who I love. Uh, and I can count on, on more than two hands the, the people that I, that I really, really, you know, love and the people who care about me. And so can you, you know. So, again, if you're struggling right now, just remember all the people that care about you, man, and, and use this conversation to go forward and turn negatives into positives just the way hands and feet Anthony has done, man. So I love you guys. Again, 
new single blood child drops 1029 the video comes out 1028 check out the links in the podcast description and i'm going to wrap this up by saying what i always say man keep the faith and be kind to one another courtesy of anthony this is probably my favorite song from him to date it's a different vibe than his other stuff but uh, it really spoke to me when I heard it and the things that I was going through the time that I first heard it and it's still powerful when I listen to it now this is his single Icarus peace Caress, God carry.